0: Craft Beer Radio episode 302, Friday, September 5th, 2014, at 10.04pm, just to be accurate.
1: Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I was going to go. So I was going to use our old intro since I normally don't do this part. I was going to show the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry.
0: Almost. Let me at first. I want to clap and congratulate everyone for your excellent t- taste in podcasting. Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in Jeff's. I'm in Jeff's spot right now, oh, so yeah. it's a little weird. We decided to do a this weird. goofy thing where,
1: uh, you know, we've been doing this thing for. Nine years, I've been in this house for seven of those, mm-hmm. and um, Greg's never sat on that side of the table. <laughs> so he's running the soundboard, he's sitting in front of the recording computer, I got the notes up for the beers, yeah. he's going to be cracking these things open. So which one do you want to start with? Probably start with this one here. That's a good idea. Alright, tell me about this beer, Jeff. Let me find it, here we go. This is Clouded Dream from Saranac Brewery. And it is a uh, hybrid IPA Belgian white ale. Oh, glass! <laughs> what do you want, man? <laughs> uh, limited edition available uh, in July. I didn't think we had it. I yeah. guess uh, we should have got it.
0: There is yeah. some sediment here, but I sort of kept it out there, so we can. It's see. an
1: unfiltered beer. Um, da, ba, da, ba, da. It has uh, two-row wheat and oats in its malt bill. It's hopped with citra. It's 7.3 ABV. Has some food pairings. Definitely cheese pairings here. They recommend blue cheese. That's about
0: it. I like blue cheese for IPAs. I've said that before. Mm -hmm. It really does work extraordinarily well.
1: So, Saranac did their white IPA a couple years ago, remember? I really, we had it on the show. I dug it quite a bit. This is another white IPA I wonder if this is same beer similar beer I don't think it's the same beer because I'm pretty sure the beer wasn't Big Citra um, I'm looking through their other lists here to see if I can find
0: I'll them. read this from the marketing speak okay in our opinion it's really good <laughs> I could go with that it's your opinion so yeah
1: exactly yeah so I don't think they make their white IPA anymore I think Clouded Dream is replacing that one I similar see. beers if not the same beer Probably not the same. It pours kind of a cloudy orange.
0: A little hazy, right? There's definitely a
1: note of citra on there.
0: I, I note citra because citra reminds me somewhat of citronella, those citronella candles. There's some kind of factor. I mean, it feels like it's not just a name. It feels like maybe they named the hops because it was it was sort of like that.
1: They have a chocolate orange porter. That
0: does sound good. That does sound good, doesn't it? (laughs) So orange peel and coriander in this sucker. Can't really smell the coriander right now. I'm smelling a lot of
1: hops. Yeah. Doing a little tilt and twirl on the glass, trying to get some more room out of it. Yeah, the hops are really the main thing. It doesn't really smell all that wheaty. It doesn't smell whitberry. Um, yeah, that citra. Yeah, citronella candle is actually, uh, you know, maybe then that's why they named it. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, it. it's not the full explanation of, of the aroma, but mm-hmm. it gives you a dimension that's definitely there. It's definitely more fruity, right? It, it's got more... Uh, a more peach, right? Okay, then... yeah, peach is
1: good. I'm getting a, a something fairly spicy and phenolic in there. Probably from the yeast or something like that. Um,
0: or the coriander.
1: It, maybe it is the coriander. I normally don't process coriander the way I'm smelling this, but it could be. I usually get a lot more aroma, like a floral, you know, um, aromas off of a coriander than I do from... Um, here I'm getting something that's pretty spicy, almost like black pepper or something. Mine has a, yours smells a little bit brighter. Yeah, yours was closer to the bottom, so I think you got a little bit of... Mine's a little more spicier, I think. A little more, um, black pepper or alligator pepper or something like that. I mean, you can touch more of that. Ooh, the flavor. Okay, I took a first step. Flavor comes through. You get a nice malt body. Then the hops kind of just dive in there. And it's a really nice hop flavor. You're getting candied orange type flavors. You're getting really sweet orange. It's pretty, pretty potent. The bitterness comes on. And it's fairly bitter on the outgoing part of it.
0: The first thing I tasted was the, the citra fruitiness. Then uh, a kind of crusty bread, crusty white bread, almost French bread. Like it ends with a bit with a bit of a corianderish, peppery bite, mm-hmm. and with some with some lingering kind of the citroness sort of lingers throughout the whole thing. I think some orange peel is in there too, but I don't know. I mean, it could be just a, a suggestion. You know those
1: orange sliced candies. You know, yeah. some sweetness from, yeah. like, those that are carrying through in here, too. It's not a huge part, but, you know, definitely some of that orange It's probably just slice. plain orange
0: oil or something, right? I mean, because I'm sure yeah, they put probably. those in the candy.
1: Yeah, it's just something about the candy and, you know, kind of the the texture of the, the gel, you know. I don't know. It just all fits together to be reminiscent of.
0: Let's try the different uh, versions. And then what I'm going to try to do is uh, put in, if you want some, I will do it to you, too. I'm going to put in some of the bottom of the barrel. Yours tastes better. I think yours has a little more vanilla in it. Has a little more um well it has a a little more kind of a yeast flavor, a little more of an earthiness. It also has at least up front, it's less on the uh, the big hoppy stuff.
1: Yeah, I th- I think you're getting a little more um phenolic type character mm-hmm. from the sediment.
0: So I'm gonna mix in the sediment on mine. And I'm if good, you want some. Anymore.
1: yeah so this is very different from Saranac's old white i p a and I'll kind of miss it i had a I had a soft spot in my heart for that beer
0: I think that this adding the sediment is interesting it it really does bring an irkiness and almost kind of mushroom like quality to it uh, while uh at the same time muting a lot of that it kind of more intense citrus that that lasts a while mm mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the orange notes as well. The coriander then becomes a little bit brighter and stronger. I don't know which one is, is, is better. I don't, honestly don't. I mean, I think they're both...
1: With the sediment or without? Yeah,
0: I think they're both kind of on, on equal footing. They both have... They both have their own things that I like and dislike about mm-hmm. uh, each version.
1: Right. No, I, I, I enjoyed the beer. It's... Um... Interesting, you know, it's a lot hoppier than the white IPA that Cervic mm-hmm. used to make. Um it's not too much Whitbeery though. You know, it doesn't have much of a wheat character to it. Right, that's oh, true. They mentioned they used oats in the in the um grain bill also. And you kind of you can can't really tell. But, yeah, I wouldn't
0: have I wouldn't have picked that up. But
1: knowing that there's oats and now tasting the body, you're like, Oh yeah, there's kind of a full body to it, you know. Not really clean, That slimy seems like anything, a more but, suggestion type yeah. thing than anything else. Could be uh, Yeah so it's good It's uh, not very Whitbeery for me
0: Another
1: mm-hmm. you know, White IPA might as well do. As back long as back.
0: we're on the White IPA track Might as well do it this way So this is Deschutes Chainbreaker White IPA This is from the
1: brewery <clears throat> So was the last one as well um, so here we have Pilsner malt, wheat malt, unmalted wheat. We have Bravo Citrus and Tenium Cascade on the hops. We have Sweet Orange Peel and Coriander. Has won the silver medal with the American, won the silver medal in the American Belgio. You should just kind of blend them back and forth. Yeah. Um, definitely two different beers in the glass there. Lots of lots of more haze at the bottom of the bottle. There we go. Now we'll be drinking the same beer. Uh silver Metal American Belgian style ale at the 2012 Great American Beer Festival. There's a homebrew recipe on their website to clone it.
0: That's not a bad idea. Uh, I like the I like when they put you know a homebrew recipe
1: 5.6% ABV, 55 IBUs, 180 calories per 12 ounce serving. And I believe it's a seasonal, but this page doesn't... Yeah, say. this
0: show is going to take about an hour on the able to recall, I
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, very different aroma from the last oh, one. Oh, much. This one, you get a bouquet of hops, but then you also... The coriander is really strong, too. You and really the wheat's get, there, too. Yeah, and the wheat's there. You get a punch of coriander. This one has a lot, uh, a lot more assertive and identifiable aroma. <laughs> what's that
0: I'm just reading the market you speak yeah. I won't repeat it but it's uh, it, it is kind of funny they do suggest getting the yeast in there they say uh, pour, pour two thirds until tilted glass swirl what's left around the bottle resume pouring in all it's hazy glory so let's get the rest of this in there let's right. do what they want
1: All right, hazy glory. There we go. It's weird sitting over here. It's like I can't get into the beer as much. Like I'm not in my safe space, so I can't concentrate on my sensor sensory as much. So try but, to
0: try to put your mind away from what's from what what you are from where well, you are.
1: I, I'm not saying you know. It's the thing is, I wasn't thinking about it, but I'm like, something, I just, like, I can't get into the beer over here. The microphone's not in the right place and, and all this stuff. So This is why I wanted to do this, yeah. because who knows how that
0: factor has changed our perception of beers. Right. I'm sure we could open another KMF and be like, oh, that sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting a lot more weedy character.
1: It's a nice aroma. It's one that I'm content to smelling for a while. I'm trying to pull out some new ones What were the hops
0: that were used again?
1: We have Bravo, Citra, Centennial, and Cascade. I don't really know what Bravo's characteristics are.
0: Neither do I. Uh, But there's definitely more, like you said, of a bouquet... Of hops as opposed to kind of a one-dimensional I mean, citrus is not exactly one-dimensional, but it's just sort of one flavor
1: Tell Okay, me. so yeah, I tried, I couldn't really get a nuance out of the aroma, I'm going to move on to the flavor and the flavor is very present Um starts off with a big wheat flavor, goes into the orange peel, you get a really big orange peel type flavor not orangey from the citrus hops or anything but orange peel And then the hops kind of come in after that, along with some of the floral and spiciness from the, uh, from the coriander.
0: That's really good. I love the, the vanilla factor, the vanillins that are produced in here. They, they smooth it out Mm -hmm. and they make some of that
1: raspiness that the wheat can give you. Yeah.
0: And they make that transition from the kind of weediness to the pepperiness uh, a lot easier to take. Mm -hmm. It's not just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit right in your face with the pepperiness and it really helps the beer.
1: Coriander spice kind of comes on later in the aftertaste. It kind of mm-hmm. gives you... a Palate cleanser is not the right word, but it's
0: kind of like this... It's like an intermediary. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the vanilla is an intermediary. Yeah. It, it sort of... It it bridges the gap right. between the two flavors and does it a very, very nice job of it. This is very well put together. Mm-hmm. Quite enjoyable and a good drinker too. I could see myself drinking this very fast if I wasn't <laughs> analyzing it.
1: What's the outcome? Goes down one? easy, huh? It's five six, I think. Five point six. Mm-hmm. Yep. The shoots is available in all of the West and the uh, western two provinces of Canada. Uh, Kentucky, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Is it
0: available in Arizona? Yeah. Okay. So my next meeting, I, I had a work meeting, and they asked me to recommend some beers. So that's they were getting a beer, so I recommended three. <laughs> well, two beers and another drink. I recommended from our last couple shows. I recommended Stones, uh, coffee, okay, a milk porter, or coffee milk stout, whatever it was. Uh, I recommended the uh, elderberry.
1: Oh, from Elderflower.
0: Because uh, I figured if somebody's not into beer, try the elder, try the seasonal version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also recommended, hey, KMF is going to be in San Diego. That's kind of close. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have a map of their thing, and they're really solid out west. I mm-hmm. mean, everything all the way up to Illinois. Mine is Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. And then, you yeah, know, the three states I mentioned for the central and east.
0: Well, next time, then I'm probably going to recommend uh, Mirror Pond because I love that beer.
1: I had uh, some Black Beer Porter on Monday and I was out in the patio. Yes, I saw that, yeah. And I was in the shade and I've had beer skunk from reflected light before. Reflected meaning just bouncing off of mm-hmm. trees and atmosphere and stuff like it was i was in the shade it wasn't in direct sunlight and it was a porter right so i wasn't too worried about immediate skunking i mean if it was a double ipa i would have wrapped the beer in a napkin <laughs> I, sure. I do that yeah I, people think yeah. i'm crazy but I, I put up i use the table tents and the menus to kind of put it's, a little it's shelter a very my fast beer.
0: reaction and even a very little tiny yeah. bit, parts per billion, are noticed.
1: Double IPA can skunk in thirty seconds. Yeah, it can skunk in a minute out of direct sunlight mm-hmm. with a lot of reflected UV bouncing around. But this was a porter. I'm like, you know, it'll it'll be fine. And yeah, three minutes in, I'm like, damn it, the beer's light struck. <laughs> so I I, I built a tent around it and everything. And uh, yeah, I just I was I was surprised that in reflected light a porter light struck it in just like less than five minutes.
0: And the shoots responded to your tweet, right? They They did.
1: They said they're sorry. I'm like, it's not your fault. Yeah. They they sent a link. They sell a pint glass koozie. <laughs> um so it slides on up a straight sided shaker pint.
0: And I tweeted that I should have
1: sent one. Do you have one that fits this speed glass signature? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I tweeted that uh your other answer is to chug <laughs> drink it faster, dumbass. <laughs> Okay, so that was Chainbreaker White IPA from Deschutes Brewing. So now we're on to yeah, that's what I was thinking I mean,
1: It's three IPs in a row, but we're gonna get into the barrel after mm-hmm. that, so I think we might as well stick with it.
0: So this is from six point Bengali.
1: Okay, so Bengali is an IPA. It's kind of they make a lot of hoppy beers, but Bengali is like their flagship IPA. Mm. Six point five percent ABV, sixty-nine IBUs. It is eleven on the SRM scale. And
0: we should get a note sent to us by the brewery.
1: Yep. Um do I have any more vital stats? I'm sorry about being off mic. I'm turning a I don't know how you do it, man. Hey, it's practice.
0: Oh whoa, that's stinky. There's doord on this sucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tune into like three shows ago where we define doord. Yeah, it starts out at the at first sniff. I was getting pretty pretty big sweetness, malt sweetness, and then a little bit of. Grapefruit pith or something, but then you know, as you sniff again, it's my second deeper sniff. it got a lot more dank in the aroma. You got some let's see hmm
0: there's some grapefruit in there. you can go past the door. <laughs> you can pass the door we might as well use it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a little sulfury. Actually, for some reason, I'm thinking like collard greens, like a touch of of that kind of aroma in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, that's not terribly far off. It does kind of remind me, so... Poppy collard greens. I was making this, uh, I made this beautiful risotto uh, last weekend, and then after that, I, there was was these wonderful aromas that were just wafting throughout Mm -hmm. there. And then I made a Brussels sprout dish. And that changed the aroma significantly oh. because that just releases right. a lot of sulfury stuff. Right. So that that is somewhat reminiscent of, of some of the stuff that's coming off of this. It's a very vegetably, very, like Jeff said, sulfury aroma.
1: If you do the tilt and turn of the glass to coat it, it really get turns that oh sloppy aroma up to eleven.
0: It kind of stinks. <laughs> It kind of has a has a part of it that reminds me of like a dumpster and summer.
1: <laughs> that's that's a stunning recommendation right there Mr. Royce.
0: I'm just it's just an aroma factor. It's nothing to do with the taste and it doesn't it, say everything about it but there's a,
1: it's a potent dank yeah. pop for sure. You got some sulfury, you got some bit of collard greens, you got something that's a little more I, I hate to someone who's never really had much experience with marijuana talking about how it has a bit of a Rastafarian type of rum, but I think there's something there that's reminding me a little bit of weed. No,
0: this smells much worse than marijuana. <laughs> and I mean, I don't mean worse. I mean, yeah. I don't mean it to say that it smells disgusting, but it smells extraordinarily dank in in a way that reminds me of things that are far away from the stuff.
1: I just started getting, uh, unexpectedly, but I'm starting to get uh, like a hint of wintergreen. like Something a little bit minty off of this, something like wintergreen.
0: I wonder if that's kind of... <laughs> and I don't mean that it, this it's in a negative way again, but I wonder if it's kind of... It's such a strong aroma that your nose almost kind of gets... Sort of turns it off a bit and you start to smell the other things around it.
1: Maybe. I move on to the flavor. It has uh, much of the same hop flavors that it has hop aromas. We uh, take another sip here. It's
0: tastier than it is smelly here. It tastes better than it smells, but because taste is an amalgam or flavor is an amalgam of taste and, and aroma, it's a different sensation than just aroma altogether. Or just taste altogether. But there's definitely qualities you can pull out that are sort of sulfury.
1: hmm it's, it's a hop bomb. For mm. sure. Um, dank hop bomb.
0: I see there's a tiger on the label. There is. Bengali. Bengal tiger.
1: Mm-hmm. India Pale Ale, you know.
0: Yeah, I didn't put those together, but you sure did. That's
1: a good point. Well, while we're working on the big Yeah goal, uh,
0: Yeah, while we are. You know what time it is. Wiggity,
1: wiggity, wiggity, wack. So, if you want to support us,
0: what's the best way, Jeff?
1: Do your online shopping at the, uh store that Amazon provides, but don't go to their website. Go Never right. go to
0: Amazon.com.
1: Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon.
0: Why
1: hmm. would oh, I do that? Well, see, it redirects you right through to Amazon. Oh, okay. But it tax on a referral link, and that means anything you buy costs you nothing more. Wait, so I'm not losing any money on it. You're those. not losing any money, but instead of giving, like, 6, 6.5% six extra to... This fine fellas at Amazon You're giving it to Craft your Radio
0: I mean that's cool But Amazon is kind of Making drones and shit So that might be Kind of neat
1: Yeah We talked about drones In the post show Last week I think uh, Yeah And uh so. Kind of maybe Kind of scary too We did get a tweet From someone saying Where was Amazon Anonymous I guess we forgot To do it last week So we'll have to make a note Not to forget it this week but uh, yeah, Amazon, Anonymous and show we talk about items purchased under the referral link. We have no idea which items you purchase specifically, but uh,
0: okay, you got to redo. <laughs> you got to redo. Well, oh, right. we'll just wrap that
1: up. <laughs> All right. So, Bengali Tiger—it's—it's it's a rambunctious IPA, that's for sure.
0: I took some time away from it. Doing the commercial, mm-hmm. and it came back, and it was a lot more pleasant at first. It was a lot more like oh, refreshing. But then the dankness sets in. Mm-hmm. So it
1: <sighs> it almost wants to be a little bit tropical. Like yeah, I when I took that sip, I'm like oh, it turned into a bit of pineapple or passion fruit or something, but it didn't quite get there. Yeah, you know,
0: and then it just kind of assaults you again. <laughs> Bend over it is it is a very aggressive beer and hmm I sort of see your problem getting a little more gassy on this side too <laughs> is that what it is that side of the I, I think the gassy it might side? be this side of the table it's funny <laughs> okay so this is what they say on, on, on the back of their glass this is their marketing speak type thing for a six point Bengali while we could suggest what food this beer pairs well with or which glass to serve it in the most important thing to remember is even though we may take beer very seriously we don't take ourselves too seriously it's mad science I can get behind that I've liked a lot of six point stuff Mm -hmm. I love their Rattler I think their Rattler's amazing yeah and the crisp was good crisp was great yeah I'm this. not too keen on this one. I think it's a little too strong.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're also sitting here with our pallets turned up to 11, you know. We have true. a few more cans Th- that, of this. That's true. We'll have to drink these cans without much thought and might enjoy them better. Yeah,
0: have one at the bar with a friends, I'm sure it, it would go right by. It, it it's it's a different situation when you're when you're analyzing things, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: So let's move on to one of the next beers. You don't have to do the one I just took the wax off. I was just mm. helping you out with the whole wax oh, removal. I appreciate thing. it.
0: Mm. But I think one? we're going to do that one. All right. I think that might so fit.
1: This is a beer a complimentary of our benefactor Gary Frank. Indeed. I finally got around to sending him a uh, couple bottles of the Saber beer. Oh, it's cork. It's corked. Look at that! Good thing wow. you got a corkscrew screw in your hand. Um, so he uh, reciprocated with uh, this bottle of tough love from the Crux fermentation project.
0: There may be something special coming in the mail for Gary.
1: <laughs> Use that? No, you, you're doing it wrong. Stop! You're doing it wrong. You're gonna make a mess. No, oh, I
0: okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm. I wasn't thinking about it. Here. It's a little hard to do.
1: Hold it down lower. Hold it down. What, down <laughs> no, here? No, 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 stop. You're going to tear the cork. Now you're like tearing the cork. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done this with the wine bottles Just before. Close your, clamp your hand right there.
0: It's a nice sound. So, there you go. This is why Jeff normally sits in the seat. <laughs> but I think I may take it over from him. I kind of enjoy it. You like the power? I kind of like the view from here.
1: (laughs) Talk slowly. I see
0: that all the time.
1: (laughs) It doesn't really help me. Uh, I should drink this water, shouldn't I? There's a sign up on the wall behind my head, which is normally behind Greg's head, reminding me to talk slowly. I probably don't need it anymore. No. But I did once upon a time.
0: We... Yeah, we, we were still learning how to do this show for a while. We're still learning how to do this show, but I mean <laughs> we were we were really still learning how to do the show for a
1: while. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's a barrel barrel-aged beer right there. That is some pretty strong stuff. They call this one an imperial stout aged in barrels. I forgot that I'm supposed to be talking about beers over here. Um tough love is a marketing speak, but marketing speak and marketing speak to marketing speak uh Russian Imperial Stout 11.5% uh, oh, no, no. by volume bourbon barrels?
0: Kentucky bourbon well uh, that
1: is where bourbon sort of has its uh yep uh vanilla beans uh huh or wait uh yeah yeah there's definitely vanilla beans and then the rest are just hints of flavors and things
0: dark roasted malts Malted rye, seventy oak smoked
1: wheat. You got more information on in the bottle than wow. over here. Then
0: there's an aging process, and
1: hmm. Do we say the name of the beer? Tough love, banished. I guess the banished maybe is the barrel. It's the banished series. It's oh, a banished series. That's this right. is their 2013
0: banished series. This might be an older version of something that may be out in different version today.
1: All right. So yon on the aroma you're getting a big smell of berries oh, uh
0: with blackstrap molasses and spices as well.
1: Okay. A big aroma of bourbon, the vanilla components of bourbon, knowing now that there's likely vanilla beans in the beer. It's potentially that as well. And then underneath that you're starting to get some get some smokiness, um, maybe some some roast uh, some molasses character, something like that. But I, when I first smelled it, it, it kind of smelled a little bit smoky to me.
0: So this bottle was bottled on May twenty third, twenty thirteen. So it's over a year old. This Banished series, they have a th- explanation here. It, it says it was for their own good. Beers in this special series are hidden away for months in oak barrels, allowing flavors to mature, meld, and mellow. It's also a bitty, it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a heavy glass, right? I mean, it's, it seems yeah. to thicker or heavier than normal. Yeah.
1: So we've had a couple beers from Crux because of GABF and Saver right. and whatnot. Um, Dave, I, believe, I don't think he's with Crux anymore. He used to be the sales guy for 21A, 21st Amendment. He went off to go work at Crux. I think he went back to 21A. Um, so he introduced us to the brewery uh, when we were up in New York. Mm-hmm. It was the first time we yeah. Crux. And then we actually, I remember talking to the guy again this past year at Saver. They're in Oregon? Bend, I think? Um trying to find, they have a very neat little Activy website, but it's not <laughs> easy to to navigate to find. <laughs> no, <the permission. laughs> no it's not. Um... Da, 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 da. I believe they're in Bend Oregon. The website's not giving up that information very easily. It looks like I'm kind of stuck on the Tough Love web page. Um
0: Well, regardless, what are we smelling?
1: Uh yum. And a little bit of yum on side the side there's of
0: there's a there's a pretty strong bourbon character there's a lot of volatilization coming from eleven point five percent so it's, yeah it's coming off pretty yeah you're strong. right
1: i mean that's that's kind of you're getting some roast some vanilla fair amount of booziness, but it's that imperial stealth type booziness, so it, it's kind of a charcoal-y booziness or something yes, like that yeah right right, right. um hmm. So most of the beers I've had from Crux have been, like, Belgian or, you know, crazy stuff like this. But they have a... I was curious to see, and under their on tap now, they have a, a Fresh Hop Belgian Ale. They have a Meritzen. They have a German Pills, a Session IPA. Is experiment- it Meritzen or Martin? I call it a Meritzen. Okay. Um, I'll trust you with that. They have an experimental uh, beer with spelt. They have another beer. So Banner that would stone. be... Would
0: that be gluten-free
1: Potentially. Yeah. And they have uh they have another banished available now that's uh, a barrel age strong dark Belgian called uh Double Cross. That's kinda of strong
0: the... dark Belgians typically are more like doubles than anything else. Uh they're this usually is, very good.
1: Yeah. barrel age I metal.
0: like Brooklyn Knuckle too a lot. Another Belgi strong dark.
1: They have actually a lot of stuff on tap right now. They have Imperial IPAs, they have IPAs, they have Experimental (laughs) Imperial IPAs. Uh, Porter, Scotch Ale, Saison. So, yeah, it's all over the place. They're a lot more diverse. I thought they were more of a Belgian, you know, centric, but...
0: The one thing I remember from Crux is that they had these cool little, like, half... They had these openers that also had a little bit of a knife and a corkscrew on them at Saver. Okay. And... It was before the first thing we were just we were talking to uh to Patrick Rue, and there were a couple of tables over and he was having trouble getting the, the wax, wax of off, body. so I just went over the crux, like, hey can do you mind if I give one of these to Patrick? like, Sure. So I gave it to Patrick and uh he you used save that. the day at yeah. Saver.
1: Look at that. Good job, Greg. Um, okay, so let's move on to the flavor on this guy. Roasty. It's gonna take a couple sips to really get my head around it. I think there was a lot going on there. It's
0: it's <laughs> it is pretty boozy. It it's oh, really boozy. Oh, oh, the molasses really comes in at the end, mm-hmm. and it really that stays with you. That molasses kick hits you. It, it's kind of bourbony and mm-hmm. um, and a little boozy on. When you first hit your mouth But then that molasses comes in It really digs in hard And it doesn't finish dry But it finishes with this nice Lingering, kind of slightly Hoppy molasses
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's, that's pretty good
1: It's pretty warm for us right now Let's see where are we at We're at 65 degrees on it it's, it's a practically room temperature, and you can it's really open. You can get a lot of flavors yeah, out of it that, that Yeah, that's
0: a good temperature for a beer like this. For anything high alcohol, at least 50 degrees at, at the very mm-hmm. least. I mean, we're... Preferably 60. Our
1: preferences are at the top end of the scale. Yeah. And I would hesitate to recommend to everybody exactly what we like. Right. But yeah, drink them warm, warmer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, l- let them stay out of the fridge for a while.
1: This one's pretty good. I I, I am picking up a touch of aldehyde on this. It's a little... You're so sensitive that yeah, I'm I not am, really detecting that. It's not enough to ruin the beer or anything, but I am touching it. And I kind of get it in the aftertaste. Like in the after volatilization, I get this little thing that's a little more antiseptic-y, you know, instead of just booziness. Now, know?
0: acetyl... I thought that was the green apple. It is. Yeah.
1: I get... So, remember, I was confusing acetylaldehyde for, I was calling it acetone for years.
0: Okay. Acetone is a nail polish. Right.
1: At least to me. A nail I'm, polish remover. Nail polish remover. And at least to me, because I've had a case study in acetylaldehyde recently, right? That's, we talked about this on the show. And um, there are some similar characteristics there. Um, See, I'm wondering if if I mean because
0: I can taste something that that is something kind of sort of like acetaldehyde, but I'm wondering if that's just a, a combination of the bourbon and the alcohol that's giving something that is along those same kind of taste lines, but isn't acetaldehyde.
1: I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm tasting the after the afterglow, the you know the the of volatilization, and it just seems a little more. Than it should be, right? A little more. It's not as
0: smooth. I don't know, I'm as just it kind be. of letting it sit on my tongue and not drinking right now, and I'm getting a kind of chocolatey thing. I mean, I I know what you're mm-hmm, saying. That right. There's a bit of um. There's a bit of an astringent quality that leads to something kind of sort of in the ciliolide range, but I think that's just sort of a combination of different ingredients because. I'm really getting a lot of this, you know, deep molasses and this kind of chocolatey white stuff off. Okay. Of it. I, I, I don't I, feel sort of, I, I normally feel when, when there's an infection or when there's a real problem with a beer, mm-hmm. it kind of builds. I don't feel it building.
1: Okay. I mean, I didn't really want to dwell on it. Like I said, it's not, a, it's not a high level. It's not ruining the beer. It's uh, just something I noticed. And yeah, I, I think I am pretty sensitive to a I, I tend to pick it up quite a bit
0: especially in dark beers
1: is that i haven't noticed that yeah correlation to it
0: i'm pretty sure because i mean you you don't find an ipas very often
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean it would be covered up in most ipas anyway but you also don't find it in coal or or uh or other things from what i remember
1: yeah we'll see as we go now that i'm actually calling it the right thing right
0: but there are a lot of things that i mean have similar flavors mm-hmm. right they, they are similar somewhat similar similar compo- chemical compounds but they come out of different things so part of the part of the challenge we have is ascertaining whether it's really a flaw or whether it's what the brewer intended or i guess there's a third option which is that the brewery didn't necessarily intend it but it's also not the same chemical that is necessarily a flaw
1: Yes. Yes. I was just uh, pulling up something on Acetyl aldehyde occurs naturally in coffee, bread, ripe fruit, and is produced by plants. Uh, produced by the partial oxidation of ethanol. It may be a contributing factor to hangovers from alcohol consumption. So it's really. A congener. Hmm. Well, if it's. That's interesting. How the, this is from Wikipedia. How it talks uh-huh. about how oxidation of ethanol. If it's
0: oxidation of ethanol, then it almost certainly will happen in any barrel-aged beer, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those get oxidized. That's the whole process of putting them in barrels is to oxidize them slowly and carefully.
1: Microoxygenation does different things than... I'm not a chemist. I don't want to get in that too deep, but, you know, barrels give the beers microoxygenation... Which may not have the same compound as or the same effect as oxidized. Like doesn't because like you don't get the. talk stale, to a chemist. It's still oxidation. You don't still get you don't right. But the you don't get the wet cardboard type flavor.
0: No, you don't get those. But some acetaldehyde might be almost a sort of necessary right. component. It may be just something that you can't get rid of if you mm-hmm. do any oxygenation of your beer we're
1: really going way off the deep end on this I didn't intend for us to go that deep.
0: that's fine I mean to me this is very interesting
1: as I'm drinking this it's almost gone but this last one was a lot more fruity I was getting uh, some dried cherries um, maybe some prunes or something like that you know I was getting some different flavors that give
0: me night. a chemical composition I we'll see what I had
1: cealdehyde is um, ch3 chO It's so relatively simple looks like a little dog yeah
0: so it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty simple thing that uh, can arise from uh, from oxidation yeah, that makes sense. Ethanol is also pretty simple still good.
1: Oh, very it's very good. good. It's
0: very good. It's um <laughs> It's it, quite boozy. <laughs> it, it's quite boozy, but it, it's deeply charming. Mm-hmm. It really does it, it 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 feels so so nice and kind of smooth. And I love that molasses thing at the end. I think it 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 nails that spot. Just...
1: She you rinse your glass. Look how much wow. residue. Look yeah. how dark the rinse water is. That is
0: that is almost kolsch like <laughs> in its color. It's very funny. So it really does coat the glass pretty well, even though it doesn't. I mean, it seems. Look like yeah, it, it doesn't look like it, but it does do a lot of coating.
1: All right, our last beer of the evening. As soon as I find it here. Oh, here it is. This is the Mean Gene from Revolution Brewing Company.
0: Let me tell you something, brother.
1: So they took their flagship porter, Eugene, and aged it for an additional 36 weeks in Woodford Reserve bourbon barrels. Uh, so
0: let's see if we, we find any aldehyde acetyl- uh, in this one. Yes.
1: Talk slowly, Greg. 8.5% <laughs> ABV. Uh, IBUs is a noon... We got this one from Saver. Um, the guys from Revolution, Josh Deeth, did this whole barrel aging thing. And he gave us, well, we got four of them. Yeah. So,
0: we'll see. They, they have a version of Mean Gene with coffee.
1: Bean Gene.
0: Bean Gene. Okay. So, Mean Gene, the reason why I did the brother thing, if you don't know, is that the Mean Gene Okerlund was a wrestling right. announcer for yeah, yeah. the, like... Yeah. The prime time in the 80s of the WWF. When it was still the WWF, not the
1: WWE. Actually, no, Hulk Hogan did. Hulk Hulk Hogan was the hey, brother, and and
0: me and Gene was just sort of the announcer. But it was always, I I remember him being like, like everybody in, in that wrestling thing, they're all characters. So... Sorry, I'm thinking about the luchador thing. I'm like, (laughs) how come they didn't recognize story? They've been watching them
1: all their lives. Anyway. (laughs) All right. So this one has a curious aroma. We came off this huge molasses vanilla one. This one, the aroma is not quite as bold. Um, You get the roast. And then...
0: Hmm, a little charcoaly, right? A little bit. There. Yeah,
1: the um, the barrel doesn't come across as really all that bourbony, but it does come across as more charred oak. Like could
0: be sort of a flight issue because we went from it a might big, be. strong one to be. something that's sort of lesser.
1: But it almost is like what you think of, like almost the barrel before the whiskey goes into it. You know that kind of thing.
0: Revolutions in Chicago
1: Yes, I've actually been there There's also something that's Hmm Let me try to pull that out There's something else interesting in the aroma I haven't had Woodford Reserve in a while So I'm not really up on what the characteristics of Woodford are Compared to other bourbons
0: I'm just walking through the aisles now, trying to pick out mm-hmm. what that is. Because I I, I, ta- I I
1: taste it right, I it, I smell it rather. But the, the weird thing that blueberry is something I want to pull, but it, it's it's such a nuance or fleeting aroma of something blueberry that I barely want to mention that.
0: I I feel you. I also I'm I'm thinking like mochi.
1: Well which is murky?
0: it's it's a kind of a, a rice gelatin okay um
1: I just got a whip i mean pulled in really slow I got something that was molassesy there, but you know not as rich as what we just had with the crux right it was more of a i don't know how to describe it it was
0: imagine if you were to condense watermelon and make a really deep watermelon,
1: hmm that's that's interesting i i would have never thought there'd be a but yeah there's something there is something there um not like a watermelon jolly rancher but you know if you're condensing a watermelon you have to have a little bit of the white part you know and you're condensing that as well right it it's not just the artificial but more of the well
0: i mean the the jelly has so much sugar as I've added to it. I just take it just take the take the flavor and really condense it almost make it into a sort of molasses and and I bet it would take a lot of watermelon <laughs> I was to just do that.
1: laughing, I'm like you know you know, take so much maple syrup to make, yeah or maple maple sap to make, make yeah maple sap to make syrup. Could you imagine boiling down watermelon water? into a cereal. You no, know,
0: I almost don't know because there are so many watermelons. There, I mean, you go to the store and these are these huge fruits, but they're selling them for like a dollar a piece and these gigantic heavy fruits. So, because they're mostly water. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you probably could make a watermelon molasses and not have it be too expensive. I mean, it would still be expensive, but it wouldn't be like absurdly so. And I wonder if it would smell kind of like this. It's pure conjecture, but I
1: think it might. Mm Ooh. Okay, I moved on the flavor. Oh, it's really... The watermelon carries through in the flavor. I don't know if you're putting that in my head, but it really tastes... So there's a bunch of things going on, but... It's curious how the watermelon kind of stands well, out.
0: It's a porter as opposed to a stout. So it has more stringency. It has a kind of more raisiny kind of quality. But yeah, you're right. The the watermelon does, or at least something along those lines. I don't know if watermelon mm-hmm. is, is the exact fruit. But it's uh, it's on that, it's in that spectrum.
1: This one's curious and confusing, i you know. Let me take another sip. I said that like two sips ago. I'm like, let me take another sip. I'll figure out what the next sip.
0: This is the one bomber in the bunch, so we have more if we'd like to taste some more. It's definitely...
1: It's it's. it's not as barely in the flavor as you would expect, Right. The barrel doesn't... The whiskey, the barrel doesn't really carry through the flavor. It's a
0: bourbon, not a whiskey.
1: Well, bourbon is a whiskey. Whiskey's not a...
0: Okay, but but I mean it's it's a... It's a whiskey. So, okay, what's the difference? Tell me.
1: Uh, A bourbon is a whiskey that is made in a certain place and uses certain ingredients. That's it? Yeah.
0: What is it, corn as opposed to...
1: 51% corn made in Kentucky used with fresh American oak barrels. Okay. It's like champagne.
0: Okay, okay. now, but 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 it is, it's is—it's using corn as opposed to just pure barley.
1: But you if you're not in Kentucky, you can still make uh, corn whiskey in American oak barrels, but you can't call it a bourbon.
0: I see. I did not know that. That is That's... interesting information. Good to know. Right. So Stored it somewhere. So
1: bourbon there. is a kind of whiskey, just like champagne is a kind of sparkling wine.
0: Okay, so, but but Champagne uses a method Champenois, which you can do in other places, but...
1: Yeah, it's called a sparkling wine.
0: But it's called a sparkling wine. But you can make sparkling wine that's not a method Champenois, as opposed Mm -hmm. to a sparkling wine that is a method Champenois. So, is there anything different about bourbons that make them bourbons, as opposed to just where they're made?
1: You, If we tried to make a bourbon here in Pennsylvania... Using fresh American oak and 51% corn we could not call it a bourbon I see
0: there's no bourbon river right (laughs) like there is a champagne river (laughs)
1: it's gotta be made in Kentucky that's why Jack Daniels well there's probably other reasons Jack Daniels isn't a bourbon but one of them is it's a Tennessee whiskey because it's in Tennessee
0: interesting Ah, wow, the stuff you learn on the show.
1: <laughs> I figured that was common knowledge for, for beer geeks. No, I had no idea. I had soon. no okay. idea. Cool, cool. So, how do we even get on to bur- Oh, because I was saying whiskey flavors and you were mm-hmm. mentioning bourbon. Yeah. Whiskey is the, 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 the class of distilled grain spirits, right?
0: I guess what confused me and, and what made me sort of doubt you initially even though i don't doubt you now but i mean the first thing when you first said it, it was like wait a minute there's a whole bourbon street in louisiana why would there i'm be- not sure of the origin of bourbon street yeah
1: not at all so i don't know if there's a french something or another that is Bourbon or not I don't mm,
0: know. it's a good i mean it doesn't sound like a very american word right Bourbon sounds a lot more reasonable as a kind of derivation.
1: Let's let's save this stuff for the post-show and uh, try to, let's wrap up, uh, oops, sorry for the It's
0: hard, it's hard not to to hit those mics, isn't it? If you put it up like that, you wouldn't have the problem. But that stand doesn't work like that.
1: Sure does. You turned it this way because you like it lower, you like to look over it.
0: That's true, I do. Again, back to the beer. Sorry. <laughs> Revolution Brewing. Mean Can you G- tell
1: G- that these are stronger beers that were uh, not staying on topic? This isn't the tight show that you've become accustomed to listening to craft beer radio? Yes. It's the one thing
0: that have become accustomed to is a very tight show from us.
1: Compared to many other shows, I think they are. All right. So oh, I I'd, can't I'd, wait to get back over on that side of the table where I'm at home in my tasting place.
0: I don't know. I may. I may kind of stick with this. I kind of dig it. We'll have to both sit over there. <laughs> I kind of think that you know maybe once every four or five episodes I should sort of be in this place. I I, I like the the, the view. I, I I like the the overall kind of space. For some reason, it feels more encompassing than over there. It feels like I'm always a guest.
1: <laughs> it is my house. <laughs> True. Alright, man, we are really going down rat holes here. Um, I'm enjoying the Mean Gene. Uh, very unexpected fruity flavors are very fascinating. Yeah. I'm getting a little more vanilla as I'm working down towards the bottom of the glass. Um, do you have anything else really to add?
0: There's, it, it feels a little aqueous to me.
1: Uh, well, compared to the crux, yeah, yeah, It's a lot Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's a flight thing, mostly.
0: Probably. You're probably right at the same time I mean I can I can feel the the alcohol in it mm-hmm. it's I I like it it's just the, the crux gave it a lot of um, the crux gave it it was probably it was probably wrong of me to put the crux before it I just felt like mm-hmm. I didn't want to uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my my
1: put a pedestal thinking. for the thing with the yeah exactly
0: thing. right I didn't want to yeah p- put it on a pedestal I wanted to just Incorporated into the, the show naturally, but it probably was the bad choice and hurt the, the mean gene. So, ranking time. What's your rank, Mr. Bear?
1: My rank? Or actually, do. should
0: I go first? On this side? I don't know. we always
1: alternate. It doesn't matter. It's true. Um, I guess I got to write down the rankings, though, don't I?
0: I can write them down I and mean, you can just put them in later. I got
1: them. Okay. Alright, so starting from the bottom. Bottom two are, are none of them are, are bad beers. Bottom two are in tight consideration. I'm gonna put the um six point Bengali Tiger as the fifth place beer. Um just was very dour, very aggressive. And uh I don't know, just in the mood I was in tonight, it was it was straining or I don't know if that's the right word. It just the rest of the beers are pretty good drinkers, right? And yeah, and, and that one was like, that's a hard drink, you know. That's that one's pretty aggressive,
0: especially when you're analyzing it as closely as we are.
1: Mm-hmm. So number four, I'm going to put the Cluttered Dream from Sirenac. Um, it was a decent beer, and I I I hate to compare it to its sibling, but I, I just they're the same style basically and i have to they lost too much of the white of the white ipa they lost too much of the wheat beer character in that it didn't have the wheat malt profile it the coriander was there but it was very different from how you typically expect and you know it's kind of a I don't know. It's it's a pale comparison to. It's a good almost and white as if IPA. the whole
0: clouded dream was very cloudy in its sort of perception. It was just it wasn't yes. quite
1: clear. I like that number three. and This is a tough one too because you know, I liked all these beers. The rest of the beers quite a bit. Any anyway, whether I don't want to do a last minute change? Question: chain. Do you yeah.
0: taste any acetaldehyde on the mean gene? I didn't.
1: No. Interesting. There's so many fruit flavors going on, though, so... Let me take a sip thinking, specifically looking for my nemesis.
0: Because I taste something sort of like it. I taste something that could be confused for it, put it that
1: way. I don't taste what I would consider to see a wild hide. I do taste some vanillanoids from the barrel and the booziness that is close. But it has a different tone to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't leave an unpleasant
0: i think that's something that that is that is true of the mean gene as opposed to tough love is that it's it's not quite as harsh mm-hmm. in some ways
1: right so it gets tough here where to put them cuz i like the two barrel age i like the chain breaker I'm trying to figure out how to put them i think i'm going to put this is probably because of flight i would have liked to have tried the mean gene before the tough love um, I'm going to put the Mean Gene in third place. I'm going to put the Chain Breaker, the white IPA from Deschutes, in second place. I thought that was just a really good drinker. Brought a lot of flavor. I like a good white IPA, and that one's a good white IPA. And in number one, you really, it's, it's hard to pass up a really good barrel-aged imperial stout. Uh, I went, we, we went on and on about the cedar aldehyde that I thought was in there. It wasn't enough to ruin the beer, Mm -hmm. obviously still my favorite beer of the night. Um, It just kept the beer from being amazing, amazing for me. Right? Uh,
0: Okay, I'm going to agree with you on, on your rankings. I'm just going to have slightly different things to say, maybe. I don't know. I'll go through it and we'll see. The Bengali, I kind of... I really ultimately didn't like very much. I think that it was too overpowering in its resiny qualities. I did not like the dooredness of it. I did not like the other stuff that was coming out of it. I felt like it brought that on too strongly. Uh, I don't think that uh, Bengali is a beer that would, if you're analyzing it, be very good. But, you know, probably if you're drinking a bunch of them, it's, it's not going to matter. I mean, you, you drink them in these Red Bull
1: <laughs> cans
0: and just you know down them and after a while, you know after two or three them it's six point five percent you already don't care. The clouded dream from Serenac is definitely my number four. Uh, yeah, I mean it was just it, it it like Jeff says and like I sort of alluded to it it it's a cloudy kind of thing it it, it doesn't. It doesn't fit any of the definitions very well, but it's it's a better drinker than the than the big gully, and, and it's a little bit easier to put down. Those are the two that were lesser, and then we get to the three greater. And I'm going to put the mean gene in, in third place as well. And it might be, like Jeff said, because of flight, because it was after a tough love. But it definitely felt... Like like sort of a weaker version of tough love that didn't have as much sh- development on it, so that really hurt it. But I think that if we had it without having a tough love beforehand, mm-hmm. it might have really changed how we perceived it.
1: I liked all the fruity flavors. In that yeah, movie. yeah, I mean, no, they, they were good, and little... there
0: and there was not you know certainly any major flaws in it. There, it, it really did taste well. Like I said, these were separate from the other two. Mm-hmm. The, these three i'm gonna go with the chain breaker for number two. I think it was really super drinkable and and pretty awesome uh i it it's a white i p a that really kind of embraces the wheat. I appreciate that. I appreciate that you know they're they're doing something that kind of
1: Well, it, not just the wheat but the whole white part. right, right? The big yeah orange peel yeah the big coriander and then the hops just. Really complimented. Nice bouquet of flops in there. I'm, I
0: can't say I'm a huge fan of the white FPS style because I think it's kind of like it, it, it's taking something that I love, which are, you know, Belgian wits and... and... In some sense, corrupting them. But if they do it as well as this, then I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really into the, the shoots, and really the tough love from Crux kind of just stronged arm its way into number one, just by the the boldness at, of its flavors and and, and the just kind of the the overwhelming power of it just just asserted itself as number one, mm-hmm. and in in some sense, I almost feel like. Yeah, though I must feel weird about putting it number one because it kind of push its way there. But it does deserve it. I mean it really is very, very good. Mm-hmm. It's a year old beer as well as being aged, so that has something to do with it too. It's a twenty thirteen vintage. Keep that in mind. But still, I mean, it's really very good. It's a I can't I can't not put it number one.
1: Right. All right. Sounds good. Oh, I guess I gotta play
0: I got to start
1: the music.
0: The the song we played is Driving on 9, uh originally by this band Edge, Redeeming Qualities but covered by the Breeders. This is the band. This is Craft Beer Radio, the show that we do. And well, I'm really not good at doing the outro. You, you do gotta, it so You often. have to do it. Okay, uh it, <laughs> We are licensed under the Creative Commons license. Check out CraftBeerRadio.com for more information on that. If you want to contact us, there's always beer at CraftBeerRadio.com. Pretty good way to contact us. We don't always answer that because we're kind of busy. The best way to contact us is almost certainly Twitter. I am CBR, at CBR, Greg. Jeff is...
1: At Jeff Bearer.
0: And, of course, you can contact us at Radio. And as well, we have Facebook and Google+, but we really don't look at those, so those are not very good ideas. So just stick to email or Twitter. Most, I think, the preferential version is Twitter.
1: Right? You can send us a singing telegram if you really insist.
0: I don't know, because they don't all have our address.
1: It's the internet. They know how to find my address. So, again, um, it will be hard to get a singing telegram for when we're recording the show, though.
0: If you want to hear more singing, listen to the post show because I think we're going to sing some 1985 songs for you. So <laughs> just just think of listen to our voices and just imagine that
1: our Dulcetones. Yes,
0: and also we'll, we're going to do Amazon anonymous, so that too. Thank you, everybody,
1: and see.